We are, like I said, in the last week of our series, One Wild Life. We've been working through the book of Ephesians, talking about some different things. And last week, I kind of made the point that maybe you haven't been connecting with this idea of one wild life. But really, the point that we're trying to make is that Paul, in his book to the Ephesians, is saying that there is more to life. There is more than the normal life. There is things that he has laid out, purposes and dreams and hopes that he has for you as people that he's created to have a relationship with him. And one of my favorite parts about being a youth pastor is obviously hanging out with students, but also creating a place where you guys can ask those questions, where you can bring your doubts, where you can learn uh, from God's word, and where you can start to make those choices about whether this is important to you or not. Some of you have been dragged to church your whole life and you come to youth for your own reasons. Some of you want to be here and you, you enjoy learning and asking those questions. And some of you may be here for the first time tonight and you're just maybe going to hear about God and some of these things for the very first time. And that's what I love about youth ministry. I love that we're all in different places, that God has created us so uniquely to have different uh, relationships with him. And so hopefully you've been catching a little bit of that as we've been going through this series. And hopefully tonight uh, will help you in looking at these decisions and choices that you get to make. So tonight we find ourselves in Ephesians 5 verses 14 to 16, and they say this, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The first part of this verse says, Wake up from your sleep, rise from the dead. When I was growing up, I almost never slept in. I never slept in. Did I scare you? Okay. You're okay? Okay. I almost never slept in. I would get up early because I'd be worried that I would miss out on certain things during the day if I didn't get up early enough. My mom actually had to stop me from calling my friends before 10 a.m. because I didn't realize that other people just didn't get up as early as I did. And I wanted to pack my day full of so much stuff. The idea of missing out on those things was just too much for me. Even when I went to my friends' houses for sleepovers or stayovers, we tried to pack in as much as we could in that evening, playing music or video games or talking about how sleep wasn't necessary, walking around late at night. But how many of us live our lives like that now? We've been talking through this series about the normal life. And the normal life comes with these ruts and routines that we get ourselves in. Things that we're forced to do, maybe like school or homework or different chores or different routines our parents give us. Then there's other things that we decide to make normal in our lives. But how much of us kind of forget what it looks like to be, to be younger and have some of that freedom to just choose whatever we wanted to wake up on a Saturday and pack that day with as much as we could? <clears throat> for, for the better part of my childhood, I never had to have my mom tell me to wake up for anything. I was ready to go. The excitement and the motivation to wake up was overwhelming. I wanted to take part in that day. I wanted to see how much... I could get in to the day. 
The first part of Ephesians 14 says, Wake up from your sleep and rise from the dead. Paul, the writer of Ephesians, is talking about two people, two types of people that we know. Or maybe you're just learning about this now. Two, two kinds of people. One is believers, people who believe in God, who understand who he is and kind of what he wants for their lives. And then unbelievers, people who are still on the journey trying to figure out who God is and what place he has in their life. And Paul's calling the believers and the unbelievers to two different things. He's saying, wake up from your sleep. Wake up from the ruts and routines of your life. Wake up from the, the mundane, the, the normal life. Wake up to the things that I have for you. Because for those of us that have experienced God, that have experienced Jesus and the difference he makes in our lives, it should be hard for us to go back to the things that we once knew, the things that once made us live in that normal life. And for those of you that don't have a relationship with God, that are still learning about who God is and what place he has in your life, Paul is saying, rise from the dead. Rise from the the normal life. Rise up and and see what kind of difference I can make in your life. We talked about a couple weeks ago about how God wants immeasurably more than we can ever ask or think. I still listen to that and I don't think I quite comprehend what Paul is saying because like I said to you a couple weeks ago I can think of some pretty crazy things that I want to have happen in my life and to think that God has much immeasurably more planned out for my life and for the things that are going to happen the things he wants to do is kind of crazy for me to comprehend but this is what he's saying he's saying there's more for you that believe And for those of you that don't really know me, there is much more for you that I want to show you. There's no time to wait. I think I've told this story before. When I was in high school and when I was in Bible college, I loved to procrastinate. I loved to put things off. Who's like that here? If you have projects, oh yeah, these are my people right here, my people. And and the hard part was that in high school, I just didn't care. That sounds really bad. I just didn't care, so I put off projects. I put off papers. But then I got in this habit. And when I got to Bible college, and I was learning about the things I wanted to do, I still kept up this habit of waiting till like the very last day. And the hard part was when I wrote a 20-page paper the night before it was due and I got a really good grade on it, it didn't really do anything to motivate me to change that habit. It actually just encouraged me to continue to put off projects till the last minute, to push myself to see if I could write that paper. But I think we all love to do this. We all love to push off the big decisions for the future us's to take care of. We come up with reasons why we don't need to deal with the tough stuff right away. We're good at busying our lives so we don't have to deal with what is right in front of us. I'm going to be really honest with you right now. I am still really good at putting things off. We had ants in our house. We had ants in our house, and Melody said to me, can you just deal with the ants? And I was like, yeah, I I will do that. And in my mind, I'm saying, future Sam will deal with the ants. It's fine. There's only like two or three right now. And I put it off for a couple weeks, and then they didn't go away, even after I put out traps. And then Melody said, Sam, can you deal with the ants? 
I said, okay. So then I took off the baseboard and I found that there was more ants. And then we found more ants. And I kept putting it off and thinking that my home remedies and things were going to fix it. And they didn't. And finally, I called an exterminator and he came today. And hopefully the professional will deal with it. But I'm saying to you that just because I say these things to you doesn't mean that I don't deal with them. The, the procrastination that I learned in putting off papers and projects still, still happens in my life. I still am good at putting things off. I'm still good at busying my life to not deal with the things that are right in front of me. And ants, in the scheme of things, are a small problem. But there is decisions and things in your lives that we continue to push off. And there's no time in Ephesians that you will ever read that Paul is saying that you have time to make spiritual decisions, that you can just put off important decisions till later, that somehow there's a due date that you can make these decisions. The truth is that we don't know what will happen tonight. We don't know what will happen tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon or this weekend or in a month or even a year. And I'm not saying that to be harsh. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm not saying that to guilt you into doing anything. I'm just trying to share with you that there's a reality. There's a reality in the fact that we can't wait to make the important decisions. John 10.10 says this. You've heard me say this verse before. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is really opposite to what God was, or what Paul was writing, what God wants for us. That we want, he wants immeasurably more. He wants more to life. And then Satan comes and wants to steal and kill and destroy Whether you believe it or not, there are forces working against you each and every day. Forces that would rather have you stuck in your routine, scared to step out, intimidated to stand up and say something when you know it's right, content with the normal, mediocre life. Forces that would have you know nothing about the life that God wants for you. Forces that want you to know nothing about this immeasurably more that you can ever ask or think. In the end, Satan would be so much happier if you would just set your life on cruise control and live in those ruts and routines rather than stepping out, rather than standing up, rather than pushing away the routine, rather than letting God in. As teenagers and students, you have far more to deal with than I ever did in high school. Far more than your parents did, far more than your grandparents ever did. There's all kinds of issues and decisions that you have that we never had. But the thing that that tells me is that you are qualified. You are prepared to have these discussions. To at least ask the questions to start to see how these things actually play out in your life. You are qualified. There's no more living innocently. The fact is that you have to deal with these issues in culture every day, questions that your friends have, things in the news. You are qualified to make decisions about what your life will look like, about what these spiritual decisions will look like in your life. 
Because in the end, it's not your small group leaders, it's not me as Pastor Sam, it's not your parents or your grandparents or your coaches or your teachers that will be responsible for your decisions and actions. It's you. And again, that's not to scare you or to guilt you into doing something. It's just the reality that you are responsible for your own decisions and actions. And there is no time to wait that you have a chance now to talk about those things, to ask questions. God's purpose for us. Think about the greatest gift you've been given. Just think about that for a moment. Not something like a note or a hug or the gift of time. I'm talking about something material that you've been given. My 19th birthday, I was given my uh, red Les Paul electric guitar. I was given that for my birthday. I can still remember where I was when I picked it out. I can still remember when my, when my mom says that, that they, my mom and dad were going to pay for the whole thing. It was an amazing gift that I have used for so long, for so many hours and so many different events and and played it so much. But imagine if I didn't use it for its intended purpose. Imagine if I used my guitar for batting practice or to play golf or to like flatten bread or cookies or something. Like it sounds ridiculous, right? You'd never use your guitar for that. Because the point is that because I love this gift so much, not only am I going to use it for its intended purpose, but I should also cherish it. I should also take care of it. And it's the same with your lives. They are a gift and there is a a purpose. Mark 12, 30 and 31 says this, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. It doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room. It doesn't leave a lot to be questioned about what this verse is talking about. All your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater or commandment greater than these. In Colossians 3 verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. God has placed a dream and a purpose in your heart and in your head. And some of you know this and you're acting on it and you're working towards uh, that deeper relationship with God. Some of you are just hearing about this for the first time. You're trying to figure out where God has a place in your life or if he has a place in your life. But God has set this dream in your heart and in your mind for a life of knowing Him and being changed by Him. And for Him to walk with us in this relationship. Not just in the big things when things go wrong, but in the small things as well. So it's time to wake up. It's time to decide what you want out of life. It's time to stop letting these ruts and routines, or what I like to call the regular rhythms of the day, be all there is in your life? Are you the type of person that gets excited to get up for the day? 
I can admit now that sometimes as I'm getting older, I just want five more minutes on my pillow in the morning. That I love my job and I love my wife and I love uh, the life that, that God has given me, but sometimes it's easy to just hit snooze and I want five more minutes on my pillow. But are we excited to take on the day? Are we excited to see the things that God has for us? Melody's dad is one of these examples of someone who's excited about the day. And I think I've told you about him before. Every morning at like five in the morning, he gets up and he goes downstairs and the coffee's ready and he, he gets out his Bible and he reads his Bible and then he prays. He prays for his family, he prays for his grandchildren, prays for us. And then he says this prayer that he told me. He says that he prays that God might put people in his, in his life in the day that he can talk to that he might be aware of the things that God is doing around him. And that's a prayer that he prays every single day, whether he just comes in contact with us as his family or at his job uh, where he gets to meet all kinds of different people. He is excited about his day and he is excited to allow God to be a part of his day, just even in little ways. So are you the type of person that is excited to take on the day? We don't have time to put off these decisions. And I'm not saying that even in your time in high school, you're going to have it all figured out. Because I'm still learning things, and I think our small group leaders are still learning things, your parents are still learning things. But you can't, you can't put off these decisions. You can either put yourself on a tra- trajectory towards God or away from God. Those are your two choices. God has a purpose for each and every person that's in this room. He's created each and every one of you uniquely. He loves you. He cares for you. But it ends up being our decision. It ends up being our decision on whether we are going to wake up. We're going to wake up and see what God has for us. Or whether we're going to just allow the regular rhythms of our day to take over. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. God, I I thank you even for the challenge in my own life of being excited for the day. Not just to fill it with things so that I can be busy, but to fill it with more of you. To allow you to come in and work in my life. In the big things and the small things, God. I pray that for each and every student that's here, that you have equipped them with a mind and a heart ready to be able to have spiritual discussions, to be able to ask questions, to have doubts, to get answers on what it means to have you be a part of their lives. God, I just pray that even tonight as they go to a small group, that you would continue to be with them, that each and every person here waking up tomorrow would be more aware of the things that you are doing in and around them? Would we have eyes to see the things that you are doing? Would you blow us away by your love and your care for us? Not just in the things that we can celebrate like we did last week, but in the things that we're hurting for, the things that we need prayer for, the things that we want you to change and to move and to act in, God. So I just thank you, as I always pray, God, that you love us and you care for us so much. And I just pray that even tonight that we would be making decisions about how we will wake up tomorrow and live our lives. 
in your name. Amen.